dinner with those who one will betray him. How he didn't turn away. How he went into the garden. He said, yes. if you can remove this cup from me. But Thank he you, said, if it be thy will. Yes, Lord. Think about the fact that he was sitting comfortably in heaven Thank and did you, not yes. have to come down. Yes, yes. Thank you, Lord. If you're the son of the king of kings, the, the highest of kings, you think about it. Why should you put yourself in harm's way? Yes, yes. You don't have to. Yes, that's right. Why would you care so much about those fools who are running around acting up ignorantly when they know the heaven's on the other side? But he came down to earth and loved us so much to show us the way. The way is an order. The way is a way. It's actually when you come into agreement with him, you enter into a covenant. Yes, yes. For those who are in the Swarys of Eternities, you are initiated, like an initiation into uh, the way. Yes, yes. He said it was the way of Melchizedek, which was a high priest of his own in antiquity. Mm -hmm. But he said the way. Yes. So when you're a believer, you are grafted into this brotherhood, this sisterhood of the way. Yes. That's Thank called you. being a Christian. Thank you. Yes. And then when you're there, you're, you're protected from the enemy mm -hmm. if you yes. activate the power that's connected with those yes. who are Thank into you. the yes. way. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So I want you to walk in the way, the truth, and the <laughs> so this morning, hallelujah. You, Father God, we come before you excited to be in your presence Thank today. You, excited to know that you are all powerful. Excited to know that we are victorious in all we Thank set out to do. Yes, yes. Excited because your son came into the world yes. and grabbed the keys of Hades and got up on the third day. Yes. And we celebrate that glory today. He said we will share in that same power. We share in that power today. We call in the name of Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. Jesus. We call in the name of Jesus today. Resurrect us for Father. Release your power in this place today, Lord. Turn things around in our life today, Father. We, we want to be new in you, Father, today. Father God. Hallelujah, God. I feel your presence today. Make this a Holy Ghost experience today, Father. We lay it out today, dear Lord, because we need more of you. We, we want to be more connected to you, Father. We chase after you this morning, dear Lord. But don't slow from us, Father. We want to run fast to you, dear Lord. Continue to run this race, Father. It's a marathon it is, dear Lord. But today we sprint. We sprint and chase after you to grab the edge of your cloak, dear Lord, to release your power. Virtue must leave you and come into us today. We call on the name of Jesus. Give us that virtue today. I'm not a woman who's had 12 years of blood, issues of blood. I'm a man of God, dear Lord. I need you today. I put myself in harm's way to feel more of you today. We cry upon you today, Father. Release yourself in this place today, dear Lord. Someone came in here today who needed a miracle, Father. Show them that miracle today. Hallelujah, God. Someone that came in here with doubt today, dear Lord. Show them they're in the way, Father. There's no room to doubt. No room to fear. Yes, that yes. is not of you. Hallelujah, God. Become courageously bold before the throne of grace, the yes, Lord. Lord. Establishing your kingdom in our hearts and our minds today. Yes, you know, we put this crown of glory upon us today, dear Father. We, don't, yes, uh, we look for the illumination of your love today, Father. Rest yes, upon us today, dear Lord, yes, as we go forth experiencing you today. Yes, there was clear minds and clear hearts today, Father, to receive yes, you today, Father. You are holy, Father, so therefore we must come before you holy, dear yes, Lord. Lord. No disgrace here, dear Father. Mm -hmm. Forget, forgive, 
all those things of yesterday. Yes, Lord. We come before yes, you today. Let that be your spirit. Yes, Lord. The wind that blows. Yes, Lord. Blow in this place today. Yes, <laughs> be that hurricane yes, today. Yes, yes. Dorian has nothing upon your Holy Spirit, Thank Father. Huh? Yes, so, Lord, right now, blow in this place, dear Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Somebody say hallelujah. 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 Somebody say thank you, Jesus. 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 Somebody just say Jesus. 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 Lord. Glory to your name, Father. Right now, the Lord. We seek your face. Have your way. Pierce our hearts. Elevate us now. Speak to us with clarity and precision. Give us power to understand, to flow, and to walk with you courageously towards our victory. In Jesus' name we pray. We all say amen. Amen. While you're yet standing, give God a hand, praise up. Clap your hands. Clap your hands for Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know how this is going to work today. Turn with me to Hebrews, the fifth chapter. Hebrews, the fifth chapter. Hebrews, the fifth chapter. Amen. I don't know how it's going to work today. It's going to work. Hebrews, the fifth chapter. Hebrews, the fifth chapter. And the eleventh. Please stand with me. Please stand with me. I'm feeling something unique and special in this place today. Uh, Hebrews the fifth chapter, eleventh verse, we're leaving eleventh to the fourteenth verse. Amen. Amen. Hmm. Okay, God, let's do it. Hebrews fifth chapter, eleventh to the fourteenth verse. Eleventh to the fourteenth verse. Ah, can we speak? Eleventh to the fourteenth verse. And I'll read it from the NIV version. You can follow along. And if you have your website, you can go to our, our website, empowerliving.church, and click on Sundays. And you'll have the scriptures and notes from today's sermon right there. You can follow along with it. You can study it on your own time. You can take notes to yourself and email them to you too. Amen. <laughs> right there on page. Amen. We have much to say about this, but it's hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In fact, though, by this time, you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. But solid, verse 14, but solid food is for the mature. Today, we'll come on the topic of, so you think you're mature. You may rest in the presence of the Most High God. Ah, big idea today is our world does not simply need people who know more facts about God. We don't need that, but rather people who are falling deeper in love with who God is. With who? God is. Let's put some things in the context today. There's a, a thing in life called being an adult, doing doing adult, doing adult. I've heard some young people talking. They said, man, it's hard doing adult. There's their 
first time being in the city of Charlotte, away from home, and they're doing adult, which means they're paying bills and going to the grocery store. They're taking out the trash. They, you know, their rent is due. They pay their rent. They're doing adult, and they find it hard to do adult. I remember sometimes when we were young, we would be outside, and I had the street lights. I don't know. I grew up in the Midwest in Los Angeles, and so uh, when the street lights came on, you had to come in. You were young. Your parents said, come on in. And if you got in late, oh, man, you had a price to pay. You know, you time those street lights. You know, you hear the hum. Oh, there's something. Let's get this going. <laughs> and I remember, you know, there, there, there's, when, you were, when you made those wedding vows, and your mom, you know, she, you know things change. You know, you sit at the table, and uh, you sit at dinner at the table, and, uh, and you think back of how the food was prepared for you and how you ate it and you enjoyed it. It was it was fun sitting there, but then when you got older, you had to prepare your, your own meals, and, and it didn't have the same feeling. You ever see the movie Soul Food? You ever see the movie Soul Food for those of you who are over? I'm not saying over. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> and how every Sunday they got together, and they would have dinner together after service, and the reverend would be at the head table, and they would eat and everything, and then... When the family started to go dis get disarray a little bit, they broke that up, and it wasn't the same type of feeling when, when mom passed away. Because, see, they were used to being taken care of, and that was, that was the centerpiece. The matriarch was present. Yes. Doing adult means you had to do it yourself. It has a sense of maturity that comes along with doing adult. You, you take on the onus and the responsibility to provide that atmosphere continuously for your loved ones and your family. You, you are doing adult. I remember when you don't know where the, the weekly stipend, you know, you, the stipend for taking out the trash, and you were young, and, and you know, you were young. You take out your weekly, what do you call it, uh, allowance. Who got an allowance? Anybody ever get an allowance? Yeah, I used to get allowance, you know, and then I suppose it was to teach me how to be responsible. I didn't know that. I just did the work so I could get the money. Somebody said, get the money, get the money, get the money. Whatever it may be, but then, now, doing adult is not the same as getting an allowance. Now you're working to get a salary. I'm talking to a young man this weekend, we had a meeting, and uh, he asked me if he was going to get a salary. I said, well, we give a stipend, a stipend. He said, well, oh, I said, I, wanna, I don't want to make it sound bigger than what it is. It's a stipend. Well, he said, well, does it come weekly? It comes weekly. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a salary. Okay, well, it's a salary. You know, it's all about how you view things. An adult is how you view, view, your, view things as being responsible, mature. Then life happens. So we think that we're mature. And when we had the screen and on the website, have, there's this thing we're doing called Three Circles, these three circles. And it takes us how we can sit down and share the gospel of Jesus with someone. Excuse me. The first circle says, uh, we start off when you sit down with someone and you say, God's design, we were originally created to be in the image of God. Which means that we are spiritually like God. But then something happens called what? Sin. <clears throat> what sin does, it breaks us from being that connection. It severs the connection we have with God. And then we enter to a season of what we call brokenness. And in brokenness is when our immaturity starts to be displayed. And in brokenness is when we do things that we know we shouldn't do, but because we're still lambs walking, we 
fall on things and find comfort with. We start drinking the milk of life and not the food of salvation. We start to maybe, you know, I, I met a young lady yesterday who couldn't find her a jewel. I'm like, what is a jewel? I had to find me a jewel. A jewel is one of those vapor things that you take. People are now dying from vapor, vaporing. How do you call it? Vaporizing? Vaping. Vaping. <laughs> vaporizing. <laughs> They're dying from vaping now. She couldn't, she couldn't move until she got her jewel. She was looking for her jewel. Do you know where her store is? I need a store. And to myself, I said, that's kind of, that's almost like, that's immature. But she was in a season of brokenness. And so she was trying to find solutions to her ailments called sin and her desire to her, find her addiction. See, in a season of brokenness, you take on all the negative addictions you may have. I don't know what it is. It could be watching Power season one through five in preparation for the third one to come on tonight. I don't know what it is. It's, it's the things that we do to find comfort. That don't really, it's, it, it, it keeps us from being connected to God. It could be the alcohol. It could be, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. It could be gluttony. It could be, I don't know what it is. But those things are season of brokenness. And we fall into those things because we're not as mature as we think we are in our walk with the Lord. But thank God for Jesus. So we move from the brokenness and we go over down the way and we repent. And then we believe that Jesus came and he died. And we hear the gospel of Jesus, which is the good news. And, and the good news is where we get, start to get restored again back to whom we were and originally God's design. And we work our way up to repentance. And here we are back to originality again, to the maturity, walking in the way as Christian walking adults. Today, I say, so you think you're mature. Go over our first lesson. The supremacy of God. God is supreme. Once we come to the understanding that God is supreme, being mature is understanding God's in control. And that's a hard thing to be. It's a hard thing, place to be, to really understand that God is in absolute control and to live that way. That only happens when you get mature to a place where you say, I'm cool. Dorian's coming. I, I'm not, you know, I live on water. I don't, I'm not going to worry about it. I mean, God got this. And being mature is understanding that God has absolute power. He's omnipotent. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 through 18, it says, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so in everything might he, for every, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. So he would have supremacy. If you really believe that God is supreme and through his son Jesus, they share this throne of grace in heaven. And he sends Holy Spirit here on earth so we won't be left alone. If you really believe that he has us connected, if you really believe he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords, if you really believe that, if you truly believe that, then you don't worry about the presidency in this country. That's a, that's a test of faith. 
I told myself this week in a week of praying, I'm going to limit my time of, of checking on the news. When I was in government, I read a paper. I read seven papers, seven to eight papers every morning before I left the house for work. So I can get a plethora. I would know because everybody has a spin. The best paper, so you know, the best paper to read is the Wall Street Journal. That's the most truth of any paper in America is the Wall Street Journal. Everybody else tells different variances of lies. You know, we can get a cable at the State Department, and I can almost read my cable in the Wall Street Journal. They just detect the, the stuff that's, you know, classified. So then I know that it's real. That's how I know that it's real. But you can't get that from any other paper. Side note, side note. <laughs> Isaiah 55, 8 through 11 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven, do not turn to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish but I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. I say over and over again, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of a man that he would change his mind. That what he sends down from heaven into earth has to prevail. It can't return to him empty. It can't return to him void. He's just that supreme. When he speaks, it happens. When he creates, it has to Flourish when he says so, it is so. He is supreme. Somebody say supreme. supreme. As we seek to mature, we must understand the supremacy of God and be drawn to reflect upon the attributes that make him supreme. What makes God supreme? What makes him supreme is he is the only person that is the creator of all things. When the last time you created life by yourself? See, matter of fact, it says in a word that. You don't have an excuse not to believe that there is a God. Because creation speaks to the fact that he is God. When you look out and you see the, the sun and the trees and the water and they flourish and how the birds don't hunger and how the deer are always around in the midst of everything, you know there's God. You can't explain how it happens. You, you know it's God when Dorian comes from the same place. 85% of all hurricanes here in America come from the same place. They start in the same place. Right off the coast of Africa. Explain that. They try to say it's the wind and all. Explain that. There's God. Even nature understands who God is. So we know it's God. God is supreme. When you get to that understanding, it starts to formulate you into a mature believer. Point two, God is sovereign. God is sovereign. Romans 8, 28 says this, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Walking through life is messy. Being a believer is messy. Living a life on mission is messy. It's it, it, it's 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 confusing at times. It's 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 brokenness at times because walking through life being on a mission, meaning that you are trying to share the good news of the gospel, trying to live like a Christian is messy. What's messy about it is things don't always go your way. 
Things are on. Because you're a believer doesn't mean that everything is going to be victorious in the, right there and right now. That's right. See, victory for us is knowing that at the end of this race, we're going to win. But it is hard. Oh, yeah. Just yesterday, one of the, the greatest tennis player, woman tennis player, probably the greatest tennis player of all times, lost. In the, grand, in the open, U.S. Open, Serena. She lost yesterday. Lost to a 19-year-old. A 19-year-old. How old is Serena? About, what she about? 30-something. Yeah. Almost twice her age. She lost. Does that mean Serena's not the greatest tennis player ever? No. Does that mean that, you know, she was, it was trying to get her 24th major win and she didn't get it. Does that mean that she's not going to get it? No. Do you think Serena walked away from the U.S. Open yesterday saying, I'm not going to get my 24th win? Do you think Serena said, man, I lost it. I don't have it no more. Do you think Serena's sitting there right now saying, I quit? Do you think Serena is not out training right now? She's training right now because she knows that she's going to get that 24th win. Right. Yeah. Matter of fact, she knows she's going to get the 25th win. Mm. Do you know that she knows in her mind that she is the greatest tennis player to ever live? Do you know when she lost the young girl before, she congratulated her and was happy yes, for her because she, really she knows who she is. Right. She knows she is the greatest one to ever hold a tennis racket in her hand. She knows that at some point in time, she's going to get that 24th win, that 25th win, maybe that 26th win. She knows that she is victorious. So when she plays, she plays with the thunder and the power of the greatest tennis player every match. Because she knows who she is. She's mature like that in her faith and her skills. Now, what if we as believers were really live our life like a champion tennis player like her? What if we really lived our life knowing that when Times come and we lose, because you will lose, because life is messy when you're on a mission. When we get to a place where we walk with the understanding that God has everything in control, that God is sovereign. No matter what we go through, it says here in the scripture, and we know that all things work for the good for those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. I hear people always say, they take this scripture, don't know they're saying the scripture, and they say, oh, it's going to work out. It's always going to work out. Oh, it's going to work out. It always works out. No, don't worry about it, girl. Everything works, everything works out for the good. You know, you hear that all the time, right? But it, it, it's not to know. It doesn't always work out for you if you're in the world. There's a, the scripture says, those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. So when you're on mission, the one that God gave you, you know, mission and as believers, our mission is to share the good news of the gospel to those who we come in contact with. As believers, our mission is to live a life that's reflective of those who really believe that God is sovereign. Yes. As a believer, our mission is to, so when people look at our lives, they say, oh, that's a, oh, that's a believer. Oh, that's, oh, no, 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 they serve God. I, I get so many parties I don't get invited to anymore from some of my friends because they when I come in, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm not, I'm not tipping it up. I'm not drinking. Um, I haven't been to a bachelor party in years. I haven't. I don't even feel bad about it. Cause they know that I'm not gonna participate in the bachelor party. Well, they gonna participate in it. I get to the ones, you know. I get invited to the one, the pre dinner. You know, get the. <laughs> 
<laughs> the week before dinner with the fellas. Because they know that, you know, even, you know, they know this. Even if I were to participate, they don't want to know that I participated. They don't want to, they don't want to, they don't, they, they feel guilty just to think of what they're going to do. You know what I'm saying? But that, that's a reflection of my walk. That's a reflection of your walk. When people start not inviting you to their sinful ways, that means you're doing them good. That means you're winning. That means you're maturing in your walk with the Lord. When sinners say, I can't, I can't, you can't come to the, um, I, it, we having it, but, it, I, but you know, um, it's, it's before the football game. And you don't, you just want, meet me at the game. I just, because the, and the parking lot's going to be, no, you know, no, that's all right. Get the stutter in it all. Right, 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 right. You can't. But I, I like to go out before the football game and, and no, but that, but man, man, you know, <sighs> I got some good tickets for you though, you know. <laughs> tailgate. So somebody's having a tailgate. They were talking about this tailgate uh, couple, no, last week. This big old tailgate for the North South game, big old tailgate party. And he was like, man, I'm not having this tailgate. It's gonna be, oh, it's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be awesome. We're not even going to the game. We're just gonna tailgate. He was telling me about it. I said, man, that's good. I said, on the day of, I said, man, all right, so um, tailgate's Saturday, right? He said, yeah, man, but, um, <clears throat> um you know, we're not going to the game. We just going. And in me, I, I felt good because now, you know, I felt good about it because I know that what they're going to do with the tailgate, they're going to turn out. Yeah. This person is saved, but his cousin ain't. I said ain't on purpose. Ain't. James 1 and 2 and 4 says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that, you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. That perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Consider it pure joy. <laughs> Whenever you face trials of many kinds. Consider it exciting to know that, whoa, man, I'm broke. <laughs> hey, yes. And the light bill do. Yes. Woo. You know, exciting. My wife got rear-ended uh, again. And um, the first time she got hit, we were at a stoplight, and it was wintertime. And a car made a right-hand turn and just slid, boom, right into the car. Right? Cool. That's cool. And drove off, you know. He hit and run, but he lived in Bearwood. He went to his house. So then, um, <laughs> I mean, come on, man. It's Bearwood, dude. Where are you going to hide? I mean, you know. Anyway, bless his heart. So then, um, <laughs> then, you know, we got the stuff to get the car fixed, but we saw so busy, we never got it fixed. So the bumper is in the storage for the church. We just... <laughs> You never got it fixed. I mean, just busy. We just busy. You got to take a day off. You got to go get it fixed and everything. So then she gets rear-ended again, and now she gets rear-ended, and now they're gonna fix it from the first time this time. And so, I mean, that's exciting. That's joyful. 
count it all joy. Because even when she got rear-ended, we're not going to benefit from the rear-end. It was an accident. It was a tragedy. She's in pain a little bit. She's getting past it. But see, even in that situation, we're going to get blessed. See, we had a hit and run, but now we got re-ended, and now we're going to get it fixed and better than it was before. See, sometimes you got to understand the accidents that happen in your life, and life is messy, are really set up so that God can bless you. So when you understand that God is sovereign, it doesn't matter what accidents happen in your life. It doesn't matter what tragedies you think that you're going through. It doesn't really matter when you understand if you mature in your walk with the Lord, you will come to understand you count this all joy. Because if the devil wasn't attacking me, that wasn't mean I wasn't reflecting who God is. See, the power the devil has is to try to mislead us and to lie us to believe that we're weaker than who we are. One thing the devil knows, the enemy knows, is he knows who God is. That's right. Because he was up there. Mm -hmm. So he knows how powerful he really is. And he knows he can't do nothing about who God is. And he knows the Bible too. Oh, yeah. So he knows that who we are, and he's just trying to confuse us not to be who we are. See, when you guys chose children, when you're the chosen of God, you guys children, you share, you co-heirs with his only begotten son, which is Christ Jesus. Yes. Which means the word says that we was, Jesus sits on the right hand of the throne, and then those who come and get joined into heaven sit on the right hand of the throne with Jesus. So what the devil knows is, I can't get you to sit on the right hand of Jesus. If you know who you are, then you know that you are a prince and princess of the king. So all he can do is try to confuse us by bringing in tragedies. Mm -hmm. Always. Always. Mm -hmm. But we consider it pure joy. <laughs> I was listening to the Jonathan McReynolds song, God is Good. I got a chance to meet Jonathan in Indiana, and he's from Chicago. He's a culture boy like me, raised culture. And I love him. I want to have him down. I'm trying to have him down next year in a bigger place. Maybe we'll try a new place. And have him come see me. It's a song he sings. May your struggles keep you near the cross. <laughs> May your troubles show you that you need God. And that your battles end the way they should. It says, and your bad days prove that God is good. And your whole life prove that God is good. Let your bad days, <laughs> let your bad days prove that God is good. You count it all joy. We understand that God is sovereign. Every battle is victorious. It's just another chance for you to give a testimony of who God is. Third point, let me get out of here. John 3, 16, we all know the scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. At some point, we've all heard the scripture. Many times we heard it so much we disregard it for the power that it even possesses. You know, we hear it so much we shrink it down. That's a powerful scripture. That he loved us so much that even when we were in our sinful ways and entered into brokenness, he loved us so much that he sent the best that he had. The best that he had. He didn't, he's a giver. You know, sometimes we're a tithing church, but sometimes we don't give our best. Even, you know, we don't even do the best for ourselves sometimes. We say we love ourselves, but we don't even take care of ourselves. 
I say I love me, but I ain't been to the gym in over a week. But I love me, right? So, but sometimes we don't even do the things that, you know, to show the love that we really, but God, but God. He loves us so much every time we have a battle, he gives us victory. He loves us so much, not only this in his son, he put it into play because now it's institutionalized. There's nothing we can do to change it. It's going to happen regardless. He's going to love us anyway. His Holy Spirit is here. He already had a plan from when we were feel like we were left alone and weren't connected to him. He sent his Holy Spirit. He already knew that there were going to be some difficult times in your life where you're going to say, man, I don't know how I'm going to make it, but he made the sun rise again. In your darkest hour, he made the sun rise again. He knew you were going to have some storms. He taught us that in life, you're going to have some storms. In life, it's going to be turbulent. In life, you may lose your home. In life, Dorian may come through. But then as soon as she comes through, the sky is blue. Remind us, you'll get through the storm. He teaches us, even in creation, how to live our life with understanding. The sun will set, and you will have tears at night. But joy cometh in the morning, because the sun will surely rise again. It gets us to a place that we get so tired, we get to a place of sleep, what we call REM sleep, which means you're on the edge of death. You're so asleep. But that's great rest. So then you get to that point and it rests, you get rest and you get strong and you get up in the morning in the sun and you break your fast when you didn't eat. It teaches us how to live every day. You know, you actually fast every day. You don't do it. You don't know you're doing it, but you don't. When you lay down and go to sleep, you're fasting. So just extend it a little longer. For those of us who don't fast, just extend it just a little longer. Don't eat breakfast. Don't break your fast. No tidbit. <laughs> but the scripture goes on to say this. For God did not send his son into the world, verse 17, to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. For God did not send his Son, his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. If we were to really understand that God's love is so all-encompassing, that it's all-surrounding, that his love is so it embodies who we are. We are connected to him. We really were to understand that. Then we will walk into a place of maturity. If you really understand the three things we shared here, the three things to share here was God is, the first one, God is supreme. God's all powerful. He's no higher than him, no greater than him. God is sovereign. He's everywhere. He rules and abides in all things. He runs this show. God is love. I mean, his love is just so overwhelming. Think about the love you have for your children or your nieces or your nephews. Think about that love. How much you don't, you want to be so, the thought of them makes you smile. Even when they do some of the dumbest things. You know, we did dumb things as kids, right? Because I, I look at some things that kids do and I say, man, that's dumb. But I say, I'm dumb. I was dumber than they are. I mean, I really think about the things that I did, which makes me realize that I can show a little bit more compassion, if not empathy, for them. Because I know the stupid stuff I did. 
I went, I can't even tell you, there's a long list, you know. <laughs> but I remember my mom would say, Barry Tyson? That's when I knew. Everybody had that name your mama calls, right? You know, just that name that she owned, she uses. But, but I think about that and how, even regardless of how I was dumber than dumb as so many times that she still stood by me. How she loved me regardless of my frailties and my weaknesses and my bad grades and she worked me through until I got good grades and how she continued to smile at me because I was her only begotten son. I'm all she had. So if I wasn't going to make it, then it wasn't going to make it. That's it. And I think that in the position of what God did, he said all that he had, the best that he had. And if, if it didn't work with Jesus, it wasn't going to work. But he knew it was going to work. And so he loves us so much that he, 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 he says, I, I look at all the things that my son did and he, how perfect he was and the things that he went through for you. And I, I can't leave you on the wayside because I spent so much to make you whole that I can't forfeit the brutality that my son went through. So I'm going to love you regardless of what you do because my son paid that price for you. And because I love him so much, I love you. I, 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 I just can't, I can't do it to him for what you're doing to me by not loving me, by not respecting me, or keeping my commands as I close. In Galatians 5, 25 says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep step in step with the Spirit. We've been talking about this for a number of weeks now, about how there's three different levels of believers. One, the first one is, you say you believe, you become Christian. And then, the, the Bible says, make disciples of men. And the next stage is you become a disciple. But a true disciple is one that bears much fruit. John 5 and 8 says, This is to the Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. The true disciple actually bears much fruit. Now, one could say it shows we bear fruit in the spirit, forbearance, love, kindness, joy, splendor, all those wonderful things. That's bearing fruit. But another one is that you uh, bringing people into the knowledge of Jesus and you are leading them to the cross. You're getting them to be saved. A true disciple brings more people into the kingdom. They bear much fruit. I, what I come to understand here today is that I, a mature believer, one who's really mature, we start off with the scripture in the beginning, it says these things here, but solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil, but solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Uh, to be mature in the Lord is to say that no matter what comes my way, to be mature in the Lord is not, you're not sit, sitting back sit, saying these words from, uh, for God so loved the word, he said, only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall be saved. That is what we did when we were drinking milk, right? We all know that scripture. We all know that scripture. We all know scripture is God is love. Those are good scriptures. Those, but that ain't going to get you through. That ain't going to do. That's how to get you started, but it won't get you through. What gets you through is not just the word of God, but how you apply the word of God to your life. That's what a mature saint does. A mature saint applies the word of God to their life. 
So if you really believe that God sent his only begotten son into the world to save it, then you will then act like it's so. Which means you will walk with the determination that I've already won. That you, you will kind of, when things come to attack, you will smile at them, start to laugh. God will make you laugh. He'll make you laugh because it'll be so hard and, and you think there's no way out, but then you start to laugh because <laughs> there's God. That's a mature saint. A mature saint says, bring it on. A mature saint puts herself in the position of Esther, Queen Esther, who realized when she first got connected with the king uh, that, you know, I, I, I'm with the king. But how did you get to the king? Because she was beautiful. But then she realized that she had a gift and her people needed her. A mature saint says, I have a gift and my people need me. A mature saint says, well, as Esther did, if I perish, I perish. A mature saint says, I draw a line in the sand. For God, I live. And for God, I'll die. A mature saint says, I, I don't care what happens to me because I know who God is. A mature saint walks with the humility but boldness, understanding that I can walk in the midst of a storm and I can change the atmosphere because my God is sovereign. My God is supreme. My God loves me so much I can't lose. A mature saint says, I, you see death approaching and you smile, understand that you can speak life into that situation. A mature saint says, I, in the name of Jesus, I bind you to the depth of hell. Satan, get thee behind me. A mature saint can stand with their shoulders squared and their chest out and their head of knowing that nothing can break me. I may bend, I may bow a little bit, but nothing's going to break me. I am victorious. Because I'm a woman, a man of God. A true, mature saint says, here I am, God. Use me. Please stand to your feet. I want to be a mature saint. I want to be that saint that God smiles at. I want to be that saint that God can count on. I want to be that trusted saint. Do you want to be that trusted saint? You want me to trust the saint that said, God, thank you. If it be your will, I'll take this cup and I'll walk with it. Pour into me. I want me that saint that God trusts so much that he can pour into your cup, knowing that he can have it overflow. And that you won't push the overflow away, but you'll let the overflow feed somebody else. This is Pastor Baird of the Empowered Living Church, the ELC. We're located in the great city of Charlotte, North Carolina. I want to thank you for listening or watching to one of our weekly messages. We here love the Lord and wish to expand his kingdom by sharing the good news. Come back and visit us at our website, empoweredliving.church, or come out and visit us one Sunday morning at 10 a.m. We love to worship with you. God bless.